You're listening to another episode of The Zag, here with one of my favorite fellows and occasional nemesis, Brittany Ballard, 2014. Fellow is here. She's our favorite artist, film creator, actor, director, all sorts of good stuff, and has hot takes on lots of topics. So let's get to it. Brittany. Hey. Good to talk to you. <clears throat> my voice. Sorry is adding a dimension to the podcast <laughs> we've, we've yet to have, which I really like. Sexy. We're going to talk about the, the film that you've done everything for and all the things for. Um, but I want to ask first, like, do you, do you watch a lot of movies as someone in film? Like what's the last movie you saw or is it impossible because you're too busy and have a child? Um, I love movies. They're my, they're the reason I moved to LA in the first place. Um, it's hard to go to the movies with a one year old. I'm also pregnant, which is insane. So it just hurts my butt to sit in the theater right now. <laughs> but I want to see Lady Bird. It's supposed to be amazing. And it's a female director. So like me. So that's the one to see right now. But no, I've watched a million films in my day. I used to buy films for a distribution company and programmed film festivals. I worked at Sundance and all that stuff. But lately, I've been making my own stuff and writing more than consuming and then when you would buy films or, or pick films for festivals, what did you find yourself gravitating towards? What elements were in films that you really wanted to have other people see? Character-driven uh, Danish <laughs> difficult dramas that no one wanted to see, it turns out. But you say Danish? Danish. I'm really into Danish film. Um, uh, no, I, I, uh, I wasn't so good at the buying films because my taste is more for the people than the, the profit. But for programming, I did, I did, um, you know, I've pretty much devoted my life to creating spaces and opportunities for artists, sort of marginalized artists to have um, places and spaces and opportunities to make and share their work, particularly stories. I think artists are the real leaders. No offense, new leaders, but artists are actually the real fundamental sort of uh, cultural shifters um, and thought shifters and creating empathy the people and i just think that that's really important especially right now so so yeah i'm passionate about that and then for independent films in general now with streaming having changed so much and how all the platforms exist in ways they didn't exist 10 years ago is this a good thing for films that you're really into danish films for example or (laughs) does this work against folks who don't always get a chance to tell their stories and have people see it I think it's always good to have more access and more opportunities and more ways to make film and remove gatekeepers at every point. I don't think you have to go to film school or be a rich white male to be a director anymore. I think Instagram has shown people how to like frame images in a beautiful way. And I think, um, I think we're really missing out on making it so impossible for, for, women and people of color and other marginalized communities to, um, you know, to not understand a clear pathway to being a filmmaker unless you spend a lot of money or know a lot of people, or in some cases have to be incredibly sexually harassed and even assaulted in order to get what you want. So I think that it's, that's changing right now. Um, and I'm really committed to being part of that change, but, but I think anytime you can see films more ways, it's fine. I think if somebody pirates your film, I think that's a sign that you should keep making films. I think people want to see your stuff, but that, and your, your heart is speaking to other people's hearts. And I think that that's the goal. 
All right, let's talk about your film, film called Wolf. Why is it called Wolf? Uh, it's called Wolf because um, that's my spirit animal. No. <laughs> it's called Wolf because um, it's a portrait of maternal grief, and it's um, exploring this feeling that makes certain women with certain situations of loss, uh, particularly loss of a child, inside their bodies. It makes you create this sound in your body, like a howl. And I experienced this grief and made that sound and uh, it just made a lot of sense to me to make this film and call it that. But you'll have to see it to really know why it's called that. Yeah. And then we were talking a little bit earlier that the story, I guess, was shared publicly that led to the film at one of the NLC events. Was it hard to take something that you had written in a, in a form you performed that way and turn it into a film? Like how does it transition from where it was to becoming a script to becoming something that you're directing, you're acting in and those kind of yeah. pieces? Um, I took a short story class cause I actually had some really difficult times making films. Um, just, it's really hard to make movies. It costs a lot and takes a lot of time. And I just wanted to, write and do something alone that I could do by myself without anybody else's permission or money. So I took a short story workshop um, class and um, it, it just kind of came out of me. I had a deadline I had to share with my group that day. So I wrote this story about a woman who maybe kidnaps the child from the park for a couple minutes <laughs> and it's called the park. <laughs> and I, it ended up being pretty good and a lot, um, a lot better than I kind of thought it was. Um, and I shared it and workshopped it and workshopped it and rewrote it and rewrote it. Um, and then performed it live across LA, including, uh, at an NLC event we put on uh, love in progress. And then, um, I still wasn't done with this grief. I still wasn't done with processing my grief for my abortion. And I thought in this time of Trump where it seems like, men have permission to hurt women and a lot of women are really triggered by things that have happened to them sexually or in their bodies. I thought now is the time to kind of use my voice to, and use my privilege to, to share a story that speaks to other, other women who've gone through something like this and anyone quite frankly, who's experienced grief and feels like they don't have anywhere to put it. Um, and so I wrote a script based on the short that we could shoot for nothing or as much as we could raise and um, gave myself a deadline and decided to create a film and really be experimental with the process and apply kind of lean production model to it, which means everyone's invested, everyone owns it, and everybody um, is involved in the process as thoroughly as possible from the beginning to the end. So very collaborative, very fast, um, and raised as much money as we could on Facebook, which I usually have a hard time with, but in this case, they were Facebook was awesome, and I directed and starred and uh, wrote and made it happen. And we shot in my garage and on the streets outside my house, and we did it. Yeah, a couple of quick questions on this. So, when you say, "Well, how much did you guys raise on on Facebook? How much does it cost to put something like this together?" <clears throat> Well, it, it cost as much as we could raise and the rest was on my credit card. Um, yeah. I had a few executive producers, which means people who gave bigger chunks of money. Um, I also had um, my new leaders council mentor, actually, Stephen Nemeth, 
who's amazing. He was also my executive producer, kind of just helping steer the way sort of business-wise and um, creatively. Um, but the remainder of the money, I think we raised about 6500 or 7000 on Facebook in three weeks with friends and family, primarily people who gave $20, $30, even $15, people from elementary school, high school, people I haven't heard of from in a really long time. It was really really empowering. I haven't ever done that. It always felt really hard to do a Kickstarter. And, um, yeah, I thought you had to have a lot of rich friends to crowdsource. And I think that's still true, but I think enough of my people gave a little bit to make this happen. And how long did it take to shoot? Uh, we shot for two days. Two. And then what's it like to act in something that you're so central in the story with and you're directing like how does even that work logistically i just always picture when actor directors do things that they are running between the scene and the camera just super fast Mm -hmm. all day long um it required an enormous amount of preparation in advance so you create a shot list with your director of photography in my case jason adler who's amazing um he and myself and my producing partner bethany uh she was amazing too. So they hold, they held space for me to bring the story to life and, and really map out and plan how we were going to shoot it and what was important in each scene. And I sent a lot of music and images and film references to the whole team to kind of show them over and over what the theme was and what the tone is and what you, what the feeling is for each scene. And then you have to trust people and you have to collaborate and you have to trust your vision and your script and your performance. And, um, Christine Dunford, who's an amazing director and actor in her own right, she coached me um, as an actor. And so, you know, I prepared as the director and I prepared the DP and producing team. And then eventually I had to let that role go and just be completely the character on set. So it's hard. It's a letting go. But it was it was really amazing for me, somebody who has made a life out of planning and worrying about the future. <laughs> um, it was really, really um, empowering and freeing to just be really present in the moment as the actor. It was more real than anything uh, in reality could have been at that point. Yeah. When we come back, I want to ask you some business questions related to the film. I'm always curious about that. You're listening to The Zag. Stay tuned. So then what happens from here? I know you're doing some private screenings for, for family and hopefully we can get something set up for NLC, but yeah, how do, how do you take something that's been created and get it out to festivals or get it out to people who could put it in wider release? Um, short films are typically ways to, to, you know, be, they're essentially calling cards for filmmakers. It's also an opportunity to certain stories are just best as short content, but for the most part, it's an opportunity for filmmakers to grow as directors or writers or whatever role they're pursuing. And that's very much what this is for me. I'd like to continue making episodic content and features and, and more shorts too, and whatever other forms of content come to be. But the goal really for this film is <clears throat> to share my story of grief with other people who've experienced grief and make sure they don't feel so alone in it. Um, and also go to festivals, whichever ones we can get into. If anyone's listening and knows somebody at a festival, hit me up. Um, but yeah, we'll do the festival circuit, the more traditional route of sharing a film and going and speaking to audiences and potentially meeting new you know, producing partners or investing partners or building your audience that way. 
Um, we'll also, we're also looking to um, create opportunities for community screenings with organizations that make sense for this film and the topic. So any women's organizations, like any places that are, you know, helping people through grief or difficult challenges, challenging times, like, and just private homes, anyone who relates to this content, we'd love to speak with. And, you know, I'm down to do a screening for five women in a house. Like it just, to me, it's about building community and building opportunities for discussion. And it's a very personal film. So I'm ready to get personal in how we share it. And has this experience sparked any <clears throat> other things that you've written, things that you're kind of got in the hopper that once you know this sort of cycle of working on the film and promoting the film starts to fade away. You already have things already in yeah. the hopper. What's kind of the future plans? Yeah. Right I now? mean, I think if you're any artist, you know, anyone understands like once you're done with something, it's really hard to revisit. And when I see this film, I see all the things that I did wrong. So <laughs> I'm definitely ready to make another one. Um, I've been working on a project called hot mess for a while. It's a multimedia project. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, and actually, New Leaders Council has been uh, generous enough to become the fiscal sponsor of the project. So basically, people give us money. Um, it's tax deductible. <laughs> so, hey. Um, but we, and I also got a grant to develop this project um, from Kenneth Rainin Foundation in San Francisco. Um, so that's awesome. And what this is, is I'm fi- figuring out what it is, but it's definitely a multimedia project, part podcast part written content, um, part video content, part photo. So it's definitely experimental, but it's a lot and a lot of content about my life from being a single woman in my thirties, waiting for my life to start and thinking that nothing else, nothing was ever really going to go right for me to now finding myself with a one-year-old and a rapper boyfriend who works at Costco and pregnant. So it's kind of following the journey, but sort of creative nonfiction. And it may become a web series, an episodic, a feature, a book, who knows. That's the main thing right now. I think, too, you should include building the empire of your very cute yeah. daughter in terms of like a media, She's social really, media really empire. She's really, cute. Uh, at at really cute. Like people, you should find You should find a way to monetize that yeah. cuteness immediately because I think it's, it's Thank fantastic. You. What's been the most surprising part about being a mom? Um, let's see. Um, that's a really good question. I think the more she has to come in right now, to be honest, because Saxon has yes. to go to work. So you're about to hear her voice. Hi, Sailor. <laughs> Is this the first baby out. on the podcast? <laughs> as far as I know, there might have been a dog that appeared here She's or there, but this dog. is the first. She only has two legs. Um, <laughs> no, I think you become. You think that being a parent is going to change you and make you like more, well, I did like more responsible or like stop being so lame or stop being a child, but it just makes you more of who you are. And then I've asked this question for folks who've been on who have kids. What's your strategy, especially if she gets older and then you have your new one of raising progressive kids? How do you want to see that (laughs) outcome? I mean, I think I've thought a lot about it. Um, I think it's about exposure early on to like the right songs and the right books and the right, I'm a big artist. So I think the stories we tell her and the songs we sing, some of these like kids songs and books are really, really 
like kind of subterraneanly racist and sexist. So that's one step. I think also just they, they watch and see everything you do. It's less about what you say. And so, you know, I hope, you know, part of making films right now for me is like, if they ask me what I did during this Trump era, I want to say that I used my privilege and I used my white privilege and I used the access I had and my resources and talents to speak truth to power through art. So I think that leading by example is kind of the only way to lead as a parent. And I hope to do that and continue to be, you know, I'm really committed to also being really honest with them and not lying to them um, and making our home a space that's really, really safe to be honest about how we feel and what's going on. You know, I grew up in a house that was very loving, but it was also very distant and a little bit emotionally colder than I, than I am. And I think that there's a lot of affection in our house and a lot of hugging. That's why I'm sick right now. You can hear my voice because I'm always sucking her boogers out of her nose. So, so and sharing my food with her, like a bird, you know, out of my mouth. So I think just affection and attention and being, you know, also really consciously present with them. There's a lot of people who are on their phones all the time. I'm not one of them. I can barely find it. So thank God. I'm just really, really with her when I'm with her. Having two under two, I have no idea. But hopefully I can write something funny about it that you guys will all watch on YouTube. (laughs) I'd watch that. I mean, as an only child, I'm always fascinated by it siblings yeah, uh, so i'll be fascinated how two kids under two will yeah a lot of poop it. um we'll see there'll be a lot of poop, <laughs> lot of poop. i can't wait to hear a lot of these stories yeah i can't wait to your next stories. film is just, is just poop. yeah yeah poop. um the last thing i always feel like you have good good taste and good insight into art music those kind of things give us one or two plugs of people we should be listening to things we should be watching um well, you should listen to me. I'm Baby Luck. I'm a musical artist as well. Um, Kevin Knapp, That's he's right. one of the best electronic DJs right now. We have another album or another um, EP coming out in January. So that's Baby Luck. And then Lady Bird, I haven't seen it because I have a kid and my butt hurts because I'm pregnant sitting in the movie theater. But it's supposed to be amazing and a real true portrait of adolescence for a girl. So I think. Also, just anytime you can support female directors right now, that's the shift towards that would be great. Um, Any uh, rap artists we should Well, of course, to? my man, my baby daddy, right? Sayla's laughing. Um, my man is Old Man Saxon. Old Man Saxon, he's awesome. He has a single coming out in a couple weeks. He just put a freestyle up on YouTube. He's awesome. He's also part of the Hot Mess Project, of course, because... It's about two people, you know, it's the brokest power couple in LA. So. I like it. Listen, thanks for hopping on. Uh, thanks for adding an extra little voice to <laughs> in the background. I love it. And thanks to everyone who's listened to the Zag. All episodes were closing in on 20, awesome. which is pretty awesome. We're going to take next week off for Thanksgiving. We'll see you afterwards. Stay tuned. You can find all, all episodes on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, and on the internet. Thanks, we'll talk soon. Thanks. 